0: This podcast is proudly brought to you by the McLaren Vale Grape, Wine and Tourism Association, supporting growers in the McLaren Vale wine
1: region. Hello, welcome to a Crop Watch update for Vintage 2024 with James and I'm joined by Jen Petter. Hello. Today is the um, 7th of December. Uh, Like all good agronomists, we are hiding from the rain in our car. When we last spoke, Jen, it was a lot about how dry the season was. It
0: was. was thrown a few
1: curveballs lately. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, So we were track. We're still about 200 mils of rainfall behind last season, just for context. Um, But um, on the 26th, 27th, 28th of November, that that little period, uh, we did get um, up to about 70 mils of rain. Yeah. Um, which for November that that is a historically a fairly high amount. Um, it's not unheard of to have that amount of rain, but that that's a lot in a small period. And when we we're now we're recording this, we're expecting actually to have a fairly wet weekend as well.
0: Mm. Looks uh, like uh, another up to possibly yeah, sixty,
1: possibly yeah yeah. Um, could be thirty to sixty. So again and again, not unheard of for. Um, December, we do get these tropical kind of storms um, in our region, but again, oh, that's a decent amount of rain in one day.
0: Mm.
1: So that's changed the status of the year. Um, we're by no means looking at disease outbreaks like we were, um, like we were in vintage twenty twenty three. But there's an, now enough that growers do have to consider how they're going to handle the sprays between now and the and the end of the. I say the end of the season, but I mean harvest. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, between now and harvest. So in terms of your monitoring, what have you been picking up in the last week?
0: Um, I guess blocks that have had previous problems, um, you know, the powdery levels, they are sort of being held, but that I think has been due to a sort of a tight-ish spray program Um, same with downy, uh, we've detected downy prior to the, the, you know, primary event on paper, um, prior to that event, we had found downy in, you know, a few spots and that is also being held, um, with tight spray programs. I guess blocks that hadn't had any prior disease, there's a few blocks I've started seeing with, um, just some minor leaf powdery popping up throughout the block and and that could just be, I think is probably just poor coverage so after that rain big rain events washed a lot of rain off it's taken a week um or so to get another spray on so we're just seeing like little little tiny bits of leaf powdery popping up
1: yeah i found more powdery this week than like i have probably for the whole month before yeah,
0: yeah. which is normal
1: which is this happens like we talk about how powdery creeps up on you
0: yeah and we're sort of past that stage of um seeing bunch infections so unless there's been a problem Prior to that sort of four to seven mil berry, um, they're the only blocks I've seen bunch infections that they've had issues prior to that. So um, yeah, it's looking pretty good.
1: I think that obviously a lot of rain during this period in in early December. Um, it. If you're going to have rain, this is not a bad time to have it. I don't mind these December, January rain showers because they take the the pressure off irrigation. Yeah, Um, and
0: before the
1: berries get soft. Yeah, berries can can take uh, almost an infinite amount of rain at at this this stage. stage. Um, But I do think that's a good time to actually talk about resistance and resistance management.
0: Yes, I know there's
1: a seminar coming up um, early next week, Monday.
0: Yeah, very much looking forward to that. So um, put on by the um, Great Wine Tourism Association. So Monday at the Visitor's Centre. We'll post some details about how to book in if you're interested. Uh, But it's a whole day workshop. So um, several different presenters um, and looking at um, fungicide resistance and I guess how to... Avoid it and how to detect it and um, lots of tips and tricks.
1: Yeah, there's there's two ways that they can detect resistance now. Um, there's there's chemical testing, which is kind of what you what it sounds like is you send samples off to a lab and they test it uh, by giving doses of chemical to it and seeing if it kills the disease. Um, but now the exciting way is, is actually is actually a genetic method. So they now are able to identify sequences in the dna of the diseases that um correlate with resistance
0: so is this the rapid test that's rapid Rapid.
1: yeah 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 so uh excellent um now because it's i assume it's just a lot easier to do it's not lab work it's just dna testing you basically we we collect field samples and They go off and and they look for the the markers of resistance in the the DNA of the organism. So it's exciting. We sent stuff off for downy mildew resistance testing last year and and hopefully we'll be able to do that again this year. And I know recently we sent off some powdery samples as well, powdery mildew. Yeah,
0: which will be interesting. We've got, um, I've sent off some samples from a um, conventional vineyard. James has sent off some samples from an organic vineyard. Um, I guess it hasn't always been managed organically. so
1: uh, would, would have for a long time, 20-odd yeah. years. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it'll be interesting to see those results. We're still waiting to hear back. Obviously, uh, we can update you on that, the outcomes of those. Um, have you got any inside knowledge about any known resistance?
1: Yeah, well, look, look, okay, to powdery- if people say to you, oh, my sprays didn't work,
0: You'd be asking what group chemistry yeah, it's the, what It's the chemistry. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, I guess if you just want the quick answer and the quick explanation of of um, how resist or what resistance is, is when you bo- when you use a product to control powdery mildew, for example, it will have a group on it. Has a group number. Let's take group three. Group three are known as DMIs, but just means that they work on one little part of the powdery mildew organism. Sorry, there's a car going past. We record these live. Um, so, D- DMIs um, have one site that they work on, on powdery mildew. And that site is identified as Group 3 site. So, any product that affects that site is called a Group 3. doesn't matter how it, exactly how it does it. But it affects that site, that pathway in the powdery mildew. So they call it a group three. So whether something is labelled as brand X, brand Y, you know, whether it's called Belanti or if it's called Topaz or if it's called um, Digger. Digger, yeah, any of those brand names, if they're even if they're different. Um, if they're not tebiconazole, if they're a different different kind of um, product, they're all working on that same right. site. Yep. So you can think that you're using different products. You can think that Belanti is different to Topaz and you might even see a seminar where they or a presentation where they say that it's different, but it is all still working on the same pathway. Mm-hmm. Now, a little hint with that is when you see a group M... You know what M means? Multisite. multi-site. So an M product, a group M product, means that it works on so many, it works on various different pathways on the on the powdery microbial organism. So it, in theory, won't ever develop resistance to those because they they just kill in so many different ways. So a multi-site, a group M, is what we call a resistance breaker. So you use group Ms because resistance won't develop to them. Whereas the specific groups. If it's a group three and you've been using group threes for multiple seasons, there's a high chance you've developed resistance to it. And, and we know there's group three resistance for powdery mildew. It's very common. They've been used for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we know that, 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 that there's resistance to group threes. We know some other other groupings for downy mildew that are, that are resistant and there's also groupings of uh, resistance for botrytis as well. Um so i think I think that if you had to explain it quickly, hopefully that makes sense to people that yeah, yeah if I think it makes sense even you you can spend millions of dollars developing and bringing a new product to market um and if it genuinely is a unique product, they'll give it a different grouping number mm-hmm. because it works in a specific way unique way that 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 works on if it comes to market and it's still got the same grouping as existing products you have to treat it like it's it's an the old same, product yeah. An old, yeah you have to yeah. keep in mind that resistance is is possible and likely yeah.
0: mm. so what do you think about the use of um co-formulations say you know you see groups seven and eleven or three and seven
1: or yeah sometimes it makes sense to do that because it might be a co-formulation of a Botrytis product, for example. So you may be using one group for its protective abilities and the other group for its um, penetrate penetrative abilities. Um, makes a bit of sense to me. Um, I don't like seeing a product with known resistance group some let's call it group three, I've already said that, um, and then taking another group with known resistance and putting them together mm-hmm. as a co-formulation and trying to say that that's for... Mm. for um,
0: You're better off just yeah, using a different You're better different off group. just
1: grabbing something else. And, yeah. and the good thing is now, when it's different to the early 2000s, we do genuinely have a range of products.
0: There for, is enough to be able to rotate through the season as well as rotate through the years. So, you know, if you're using them responsibly...
1: Yeah, the, yeah. The only thing that the only factor that does play in a little bit in an area like McLaren Vale is uh, we are spraying f- relatively small vineyards, and some of some products come in large pack sizes. Mm. Um, they're available in a physically large format, which means that if you're only a small vineyard, it's a little bit more difficult to practice really good rotations because you're buying a pack and you want to use it up over a few years. It's, yeah. a little bit of inven- inventory management does come into the pot. Yeah, yep. come into it. Yep. So interesting, um, yeah. Workshop that's coming up next week. Um, and yeah, yeah. It's just something that um, if you're spending all this money on disease control and and people are because they have to, um, you want to be making sure that what you're doing is actually doing something. Yeah.
0: Yep. So there's um, so it's a full day. Lunch is provided um, by Syngenta. I think there's. Um, a talk from someone from SARDI, so I assume that's about all the testing. Um, There's a talk from Syngenta about some new biological controls coming out, and there's someone else, someone from the US. Do you remember his specialty? No, I can't remember. No, no, I'd have to look at the program again. But, um, yeah, it looks like a great workshop, so hopefully there's a good turnout.
1: Biological controls are always interesting to learn about because I think that if we go into the future and start talking about vintage... You know, vintage 2030. Hopefully we'll still be around then. Um vintage 2030, I think probably about a third of the things we use will be biological. Mm. We've seen that change already in botrytis control. Um yep. once we are at this growth stage, once we're past um once we're past EDA L29, 29. Yep. there are only biological products available. Um we basically either have... For Botrytis. For Botrytis, yes. yeah. We yep. basically either have um, competitive products, so products that out-compete.
0: Like take up the space where,
1: yep. Yeah, take up the nutrients that would be used by Botrytis. Um, that's, uh, there's a couple of commonly used seraphel, Serenade, mm-hmm. um, those products. They're a bacillus. They're basically competitive, competitive fungi. Um, or there are products that are plant, or um, plant, or um, bacterial derived. So the sort of the, the, the um, uh, exudates of, of those mm-hmm. products, of yep. those organisms, or um, they're like um, the Pricknovellus, which is geraniol, which is basically they've just taken it from geraniums it's mm. easy to remember geraniol <laughs> um so it's just an extract of another plant that happens to be toxic to botrytis so mm. you're actually spraying a part of a plant onto a plant to stop stop the uh, yep. stop the disease mm. so already we've seen that with botrytis and i think yeah within a few years um there will actually be quite some interesting powdery options yeah yeah, yeah. um this podcast isn't an, ever an endorsement of products, um, but I've seen the product uh, Intervene used. Mm-hmm. The trade name's Intervene. It is used a lot in New Zealand as well now. They, yeah. they have it under a different name, but um, that's basically a, a, a zinc salt that has has properties against powdery mildew and properties against botrytis, and, mm. and that's a biological product. So I think, yeah, in, in 2030, literally a third of the things we'll be using will be um, not, not conventional chemistry. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's exciting.
1: Oh, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, we'll be updating as we sort of move in towards Veraison and we have more of an idea about the, the prognosis of what the season is. Um, we're definitely still expecting a much earlier vintage than, than last year, although November and December have actually been a bit cool, so we haven't raced right ahead um, mm so definitely likely to be well ahead of 2023 but it's not going to be a record breakingly early vintage you don't um, think
0: we'll be picking any reds
1: in uh, february oh maybe just at the end yeah. Maybe. But, yeah but but that that's um
0: hard to say just
1: yet oh no I can be pretty clear about it <laughs> <laughs> it's just when you make a prediction on a podcast people remind you about <laughs> it later um yeah i reckon we're looking about 2018 dates that's what the visitor centre is it's running roughly about the same as that so um, in the latest crop watch I think I thought that would go around about the 3rd or 4th of March
0: March.
1: yep Um, and that occasionally gets picked in February it's not unheard Mm. of for the visitor centre to get picked in February but yeah it usually always is in that first First week week of March yep as opposed to the 3rd week or 4th week of March like last year (laughs) yep Thanks for listening and we'll catch you soon. Thank you.
0: This podcast is proudly brought to you by the McLaren Vale Grape, Wine and Tourism Association, supporting growers in the McLaren Vale wine region.